Hi, I'm Patrick Palm, CEO and founder of Favro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to these interviews is that Favro clients are some of the most innovative and agile businesses out there. And it's used for collaborative planning by marketing teams, by product teams, HR, management teams. And what this means is that we get to know some truly inspiring people. So what we do in this podcast is that I invite them here for conversation about something where they are true leaders. So we can all learn from it. Let's go. You know, I had the privilege to, you know, get to know you, Mark, but but we actually known each other for 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 quite a long time because you, you were actually one of the first users of Favro and 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 uh, you know used it in, in very different kind of situations, all the way from recently organizing a film festival to uh, you know, to you know, digitalization of of a, a very traditional workplace, uh, and you have a you know big background in 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 game development, you know, which is one of our you know uh, you know big customer groups. So, why don't we you know jump straight into just a little bit on 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 your background? Because just kind of quickly looking at your resume, it's kind of like you know, wow, this 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 guy's been doing a bit of everything, and how 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 did this happen? You know. <laughs> Right, right. Well, uh, Patrick, you know, the main thing, you know, I, we talked the other day, you know, and I've been thinking about this in terms of, you know, leading creatives and what kept drawing me back to, you know, to, to that, you know, role. Um, and I find myself in throughout my whole career, you know, I started out as an architect. That's what I was trained as, as an architect in the 80s. Um, and I've always been passionate about creating and the creative process in particular um, and how innovation and tech can play in that process and how it impacts that process. Um, so uh, being trained as an architect back in the 80s, you know, we had the firm that I was working with doing my internship, we had a, a CAD system and that was like, whoo, you know, this is fancy 2D, you know, you could draw with with a computer. I mean, that was big in the 80s, uh, but it, it grabbed me, you know, um, and I started managing that and we actually started developing. 1990 was a huge year because uh, for me, at least in my career path, because the Mac 2FX was released and that was actually the first Macintosh that would actually do 3D. Um, and we were really pushing the tech at that time with a little company out of, out of California called Electric Image Animation System, which was a 3D rendering system that worked on the 2FX. Uh, started doing a lot of things with 3D visualization. This is in 89, 90, 91. That wasn't really done that much. It's now commonplace. Um, but that really got me in, involved in looking at the creative process and how technology impacts that and the importance of tools. You know, back then we didn't have you know, cloud-based tools or anything like that, you know, having Excel running on a Mac classic and FileMaker to have cards. I always manage in an agile way. I use, you know, cards and stuck them on a board and move them across the, across, you know, a whiteboard. Um, But we started doing that digitally. Um, You know, moving on from there, one of the things that happened with that though, during that time, I got a, uh, we were doing this 3D, 3D visualization work, and I got a call from a producer uh, that worked with Dick Wolf out of New York, and he was doing, he wanted to do a series in in Florida that pre-visualized stunt sequences in 3D. Now, this had not been done yet. This was the first time. uh, Brooke Kennedy was the producer um, that had the idea, and she approached me through a recommendation from Electric Image. And I went down and we spent, you know, four months down on location in Miami Beach and South Beach. And that was a real turning point because, you know, we were using and, and managing um, 
you know, a show every six days. We were shooting an hour show. So it was very, very, lots of moving parts. And again, the waterfall scheduling wouldn't work for that. You know, so it, that that eventually led me into creating a visual effects company through the 90s. And that's really what I did throughout the 90s until 99. When I uh, moved to Shaw Island, uh, retired from my visual effects company, I moved to Shaw Island in the San Juan Islands and got involved with gaming. Um, actually, at that time, that's when the original Microsoft, the first Xbox, was being developed because it released in 2001, November. I had a friend, an old high school friend that lived, that worked for Microsoft for years, and he asked me to be involved in helping them get content done for the games. So we did all the stadiums, for example, for uh, for NFL Fever. We were doing all the stadiums and feeding them in. I was out on a remote island, and all my staff <laughs> was uh, at Korea, in California, in Florida, and in Singapore. And that's we had we were all over the place, uh, but we were able to pull that all together to a distributed team. So I've been familiar with that for quite some time. And that's how I got into the game industry, and then moved on to uh, electronic arts, and then a gig with Lucas Arts as their operational director. Where we were doing Star Wars Force Unleashed. Um, then I was a ski for ten years, <laughs> and that's where I got involved using Favro. Because prior to that, I used all a product that you used to be involved with, Handsoft, and I got involved with that. And when you sold that off the Perf Force, and I was working on creating a system to manage lift maintenance for a ski resort, mm -hmm. to manage the maintenance of lifts, and that was a bottom-up thing because that was as a I wasn't a manager in that situation so all my life i've been managing kind of top down you know managing teams now i came i was part of a team and i had to kind of push up yeah, you know yeah. from the bottom yeah. up so it was a different experience it was quite 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 phenomenal but you yeah. know it's just being passionate about creation is really what's been driven dri driving me back to creative aspects so, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, you know I, I, the, the story you were telling me there about the island it was kind of like you know if we would have just have excluded um the the year you mentioned and you know just just made a story about kind of you know your setup how you were working yeah. you know with people in different places and so you know that might have been 2020 or 2021 oh. you know <laughs> yeah. no no it's uh, yeah it's the new normal in covid right working yeah. remotely uh you know and pulling your strengths from your team members wherever they may be located yeah, yeah. it was difficult back then because we were in dialogue yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were sending files via via the FedEx airplane, you know. So it was, oh wow, that's a <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, go, going back to the thing, we, you know, with, uh, with with leading creatives. I mean, um, as, you know, very often when I um, when I get into to this kind of conversation, because you know now you know more than fifteen years, you know, in various ways, you know, helping with production in in game development and 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 also you know many other industries, but but. Especially, you know, I, I, I just I just like game development a lot because it's that combination of it's something truly creative that comes together with a lot of very interesting technical challenges, and it it is at such a big scale that also you know all these organizational challenges come in. So it's just it's, it's a couple of you know hard things that you know comes together you know in in, in like a perfect storm, which is why I, I keep keep coming back to that specific example, and I think also you know. Um, if we're looking at what's happening today, you know, in, in Hollywood, in many ways, I think, I think, um, you know, the world of, of films and TV is in many ways becoming more like the game industry rather than the other way around. 
you know, I remember mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, it was kind of like, you know, when you were in game development, you kind of looked up to the film industry. But, you know, now you know, the game industry is three times as big as the movie industry. And, you know, the last 12 months, you know, the movie industry has struggled and game developers um, that managed to kind of figure out how to operate, you know, in a remote way have been, have been thriving. So, so it's, um, you know, it, there's a bit of a convergence, I think, we're seeing there. And, and you know, you mentioned, you know, VFX and, you know, there's, there's a few VFX clients of Favre, actually. We had, you know, a great um, uh, webinar before, you know, here uh, this summer with, you know, uh, with, you know, Nico, you know, who, who's at one of those companies. And I thought that was a good talk. Um, so, so what I want to get, get into here is a little bit the whole, you know, people might say that, well, hold on a second, you know, creativity and process, it just doesn't go together. Uh, you know, the title of this webinar, you know, leading creatives is, you know, it's even like controversial in some, some years, you know, it's like, no, you can't lead, uh, you know, creativity. Um, can you just get a little bit into, into that? Because this is something which is, you know, truly hard and, and, and almost a bit of a mystery to, to many. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something I've run into my entire career, but one being an artist myself and in, 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 in some ways wanting to shun process but then also seeing the importance of process uh, and that it's actually not, to me, it comes down to even, even a, a basic thing. There's a, a, a book called How to Fly a Horse by Kevin Ashton. And one of the things he says in there is about creativity. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, creativity, it's not, it's not so much, you know, we, I, I think, and I tend to agree with him on this. It, it's, it's a myth that it's just all of a sudden a, that the creative is just a, 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 this magical kind of mysterious spark that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the creative process is really observation, evaluation, iteration. Uh, you know, that, that's really what you're doing. It's not a sudden shift of perception, but it's, you solve problems that leads to creation that leads to another problem that you want to solve. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's why process is so important. And even like in game development, you know, particularly in game development, you've got, you know, if you want to have that, uh, you know, autonomy of autonomy, uh, obviously, you want to have that collaboration and the coordination. And that's not just at the level of, it's at the level of the individual, mm-hmm. at the level of the team, of the department, and then of the overall organization. You've got those whole things stacked. The bigger the organization is, yeah, the yeah. more there those levels. But as you concentrate on that, you know, that process of observation, evaluation, iteration, it doesn't stifle you at all. In fact, it empowers me. Yeah. You know, and, I, and now I'm using Favreau. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not building another company. I'm building, I'm doing my own projects and working with, you know, a film festival and a museum doing things with them. But, uh, you know, I can get a lot done with very, with very little labor simply because I automate a lot of that process that I can plug. Th- so I, oh, there's a lot of things I don't have to think about yeah. that, uh, that I can automate that are very helpful. So it's, it's not a, it's to me processes is not uh is not a an inhibitor it can be if it's a top down and you don't look at the actual uh what the people that are creating the actual the, the end the end creator is actually yeah. doing and how that feeds into everything yeah 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 but but i would like to get your comment on something because you know when you when you talk about it you know you you know it's like with you know any great athlete you know they make it look easy right <laughs> and it's kind of like when you when you think about it, you know you make it look, you make it sound uh, easy which is great, but but if I just look at some very typical patterns, you know, in in in, in creative industries, you know, very often what happens is that, you know, um, when a company becomes you know too corporate, um, you know, they start to centralize all processes, they start to send, you know, do, you know, these kind of you know very um, centralization oriented, you know, tools, etc. Uh, you know, and the reason this happens might be that you know they're just going through 
been on IPO and they're a little bit like, okay, you know, now we, we need to to do those things. I actually find that people that, well, companies that have been on uh, listed for a long time are a little bit more chill about that, to be honest. Um, so they kind of gone full circle. But but anyways, you know, what I what I want to get to here is the whole there's a bit of a dynamic going on where, you know, you know, a company grows uh, for various reasons, it becomes more corporate. And 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 the best creatives feel like okay, this is suffocating me, uh, and they quit, and then they yeah. join um, you know, maybe a startup. Uh, and sometimes it can be the situation that this startup have raised um, you know some serious venture capital, um, but they just you know they're like no process. It's like sailing a boat where you know all the ropes are loose, you know, and at some point they run out of money, and you know the people then go to, to yet another place. But then you have these, these, you know, new companies that kind of manage to strike that, you know, that balance, you know, where, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what Einstein said, you know, things should be as simple as possible, but not simpler. And I guess it's the same with process, you mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, you should have as little process as you can, but not less. And, 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 and I guess it's also, you know, it needs to be, you know, like the right process. So what I would like to ask you is like, you know, do, do, do you agree with this kind of analysis of this tends, this kind of, you know, dance tends to go on all the time. Is, is that a correct observation? And, and, and two, if so, what is it that these, you know, these companies, you know, you know they kind of get it right? You know, what, what, what is the core of what it is that they get right? Well, I think when you look at this, you know, particularly with, it happens more, it happens more often than not, I think, with, the, you know, the, that scenario you just described. And I think the really key, at least for me, I've done a lot of consulting as well with, you know, on process, primarily in the gaming industry as well. But it, and it's the kind of common thread is where, where that, or, that organizational gravity that's good, that's helping that, that startup grow or helping a company, for example, a large corporation that's uh, already exists that has, that does mergers, that does acquisitions and mergers. That's what I was part of in a ski resort situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you have acquisitions and mergers and, and where you need that kind of common thread that everybody's, or, you know, common sheet of music that everybody's playing from. The problem gets into is that a lot of times when it's a, when it, when it, when that process is defined top down, like this mm -hmm. is how we, this is how we do it. Mm -hmm. That's so some, I run into that all the time. Well, this is how we've always done it. Well, that's the problem right now. You know, the, the one thing about the creative process, I'm constantly uh, revising or, or, you know, tweaking that process. It can mm -hmm. always be more efficient. Mm -hmm. um, so you, it's not a one and done kind of thing. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's never a one and done kind of thing. But I think a mistake a lot of big companies, when they get to that point where, you know, they've got that the momentum and they're larger, they, they you, you, you get management defining a process that might not be actual the, the best process for their teams to work through mm -hmm. and they kind of impose it on the teams versus letting that uh, you know looking at what is the actual process between these art mm -hmm. the, the artists here building these uh you know assets and the and the game programmers that need these yeah. and all those dependencies you really got to build that process from the ground up and not the yeah. top down yeah, yeah. Um, and, and many times we've course corrected. You know, when I went to LucasArts, they were two and a half years into uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed, the first film there. And we, you know, it was like I went in as a director of operations and, you know, lots of talent there, tremendous amount of talent. But the, the collaboration just just the, the, the process wasn't there to enable and empower mm -hmm. everyone to make that thing happen. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and we finally did. We got the right process in place. We got everything done and we finished the game and it did quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it was that we looked, the main thing I looked at there was what are, what are the processes we're using and do they match with the actual um, work that needs to be done and that the, av- the, the, the person sitting in a chair that's mm-hmm. actually doing the model or doing the programming, is it, does it work for them? Yeah. You know? Nine so, times out of ten, it didn't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the companies were functioning. So do you have, um, you know, I, I think I think you know a very scary step for for you know people that have a successful career um, in any kind of you know creative field, and you know they're looking at a, an opportunity to take more of a leadership uh, role. I think I think many are feeling this is this is quite a scary step. Um, Am I not going to be, you know, am I going to the dark side now, you know, to go back to Star Wars thing? And, <laughs> and uh, uh, what would be your, you know, your, your top advice, you know, to, to, to someone who's just about to, you know, put on that hat of, or maybe we should, you know, like get some of those stripes on your shoulder, you know? I would say, you know, uh, particularly when you're picking a tool, um, don't let the tool, don't pick a tool that will dictate your process. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you know, that, that the years of waterfall scheduling, you know, and particularly in game development, this, those are, this doesn't, it doesn't really work. I mean, it, you can get a game done, but it's not very efficient. I don't, you yeah, know, yeah. you're going to cut into your profit. But, uh, so, but, you know, being able to um, really look at that, um, what's the right terminology I want to use for that? Um it, it you, it's about you know picking your tool. Make sure that the tools that you use to define those processes don't force you into a process. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and that's why it's so scary. You know, it's very intimidating when you get this you know this big system. Let's say it's a system for project management. This is how you're going to manage this game. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it, you're making that jump and you're doing it, and it's like make sure that that system, whatever that is, is not something that's pushing you into a, cer- a certain direction that you have to do. Yeah. Unlike Favro, Favro yeah. lets me. I just I look the way I use Favro, the way I approach Favro is I look at here's here's what I'm trying to solve for. Here's the creative problem, so to speak, mm-hmm. that I'm going to observe, evaluate, and iterate on, mm-hmm. or my team is going to. What can I put in place? What processes can I put in place to kind of agree? those sled, grease that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it, it's kind of <clears throat> i mean a couple of things you said there you know we could, we could probably just you know take and use us you know taglines for for favor um <laughs> you, know, you said you know don't don't let don't let the tool dictate your process i, I really like that one um absolutely um you know it's kind of a i i i, I saw um uh, i saw a clip the other day about you know kind of summarizing what's known so far about Amazon's Lord of the Rings, um, uh, you know, up, upcoming series, you know, and, and um, it's going to be second age. Um, it's kind of interesting It's to, to, I'm obviously blowing my own trumpet here now, uh, but, but it's, it's a little bit like, um, you know, at last it's kind of like that Sauron who kind of keeps coming back, you know, because we'd, with the, with the previous company, you know, Handsoft, you know, the, the the war was was a little bit different than now. The war was it was kind of like you know game studios that you know had the money and they kind of had management in order. You know, they were picking Handsoft, and the ones that were, you know, a bit you know they, they just didn't have the money. You know, they were picking Jira, and and it was it was very interesting for us because we you know what, I mean we won customers and we lost customers and when we lost a customer, and, and they went to to Jira. 
we knew that, okay, we, we could bet, like, okay, nine months from now, the company's bankrupt because it was typically a sign that they were doing some heavy cost cutting because they were in financial trouble. And very often we were, we were right. I think now, if, if this is, let's say, the third age, you know, <laughs> for, for, for right. me, uh, uh, the, the, the button is actually a little bit different because, you know, Atlassian is, is it's a very well-run company. I have a massive amount of respect for them from, from you know, say, a, a company point of view. It's just that the products are, are, are very old-fashioned. Um, and, and very much kind of, you know, the, the best out of the previous age. So, so, so now the battle is actually very different. Uh, now it's more around kind of, you know, corporate, um, you know, versus collaborative. So uh, for, for companies that, you know, they, they, they want to be more corporate, they want to centralize processes, you know, that, that's where they're going. You know, they, they will, you know, buy into the whole, you know, Atlassian, you know, they will drink the Atlassian Kool-Aid, so to say, <clears throat> you know, versus, you know, we see so many, it's kind of like, you know, when, when, you know, you have some great talent, you know, they spin out of a bigger company, they get some venture capital because they have an amazing idea, they have amazing resumes, and then, they, you know, they pick Favreau. Uh, so, 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 so it's, it's almost like new versus old and, 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 you know, collaborative, you know, versus corporate. So it's a little bit of a different battleground, you know, to be honest. Um, and I guess, you know, this is, a, this is a webinar in itself, you know, talking more about kind of, you know, market dynamics and, you know, things like that. Um, so, so anyways small interlude there, you know, um, obviously shamelessly blowing my own trumpet. Um, there might be other views on, you know, on, on the market, but, but, but that are some data parts of what's, what's happening. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, your use of, you know, uh, favor yourself and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a big movie buff. So I was very excited when I heard that you're organizing a film festival, but then I was like, this was 2020, you know, last year. And I was like, but you can't organize a film festival. So can you just, can you just tell the story? You know, what, what, what happened there? Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I moved to the San Juan Islands, uh, again, for the second time, first time in 99, second time again in 2019, early 2019, I, uh, I went to, uh, that time I moved to a little smaller island called Orcas uh, mm -hmm. from the main island, Friday Harbor, over in San Juan Island. I, I went over to San Juan because they had a film festival, and I went over just to volunteer for it because it's a documentary film festival, and I'm very much focused on, you know, documentaries around environmental and social justice and things mm -hmm. like that. Well, uh, the question is this, okay. So what advice uh, do you have when you're bringing a new team that develops a different product, but the product, um, um, but the product is, is, is um, uh, let's see, but the product is needs work in line and the complement of the existing product. Okay, I see what you, okay. Uh, is it best uh, to force them into the existing process or to find, find a new process or, uh, leave each on its own. Okay. Uh, there's a book about this. It's called The Innovator's Dilemma. Uh, have you read it, Mark? I have not, actually. Oh, you should read it. I it's, will. I, I'm uh, always looking for a good book to so take out yeah, one of my I mean, cards. That, 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 <laughs> that's describing, you know, this particular problem. But, I mean, what's your experience? You know, okay, so you're doing something entirely new, uh, you know, within, the, within something old. Uh, okay. You know, should, should you, you know, try to do the new within the framework of the way you're working with old? That might be quite um, mature, but maybe also potentially a little bit too too tight uh or do you think that uh you should simply just you know leave them by themselves or should you like proactively create like a um a, a new process for, for for this this kind of you know you know new endeavor actually i i would look at it as a combination i i, I would never just reuse an old process because that, that's when you're going to start getting into that situation where your corporate gravity works against you instead of for you yeah. You know, if you're just saying, okay, hey, this process worked on this product, 
Uh-huh. Now, here's a completely different new, completely different product. There's, there's going to be a unique process for that product. It doesn't mean scrapping the old thing completely. It might, but yeah. it also might just mean taking that, that new product and looking at your old and then just iterating, iterating yeah. that, that, that um, process. You know, again, observation, evaluation, iteration. So you, you look at that and say, how do I tweak this to make it for this unique product? But I definitely wouldn't just jump in and say, this is how we always do it. That's where you get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do, I, do I interpret you right when you say that, you know, that alternative, which is kind of like, okay, so don't use the old one. Don't use, uh, don't use the old process. Uh, don't just let it float um, or drift, maybe it's the right term in English. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 actually go for that third option, which is like you know proactively try to think you know what is the best process for this particular situation. Do I Absolutely, the third option is the, is really yeah. how basically I've approached projects. Yeah, throughout my whole entire career, it's still to this day because each one is going to be unique. I mean, we're yeah. problem solving, so you know it's not the same solution to every problem. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Process is problem solving. There's a unique process for that particular unique problem yeah 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 and, and it might be based 90 yeah. percent on the old process yeah, it might, yeah. but it might yeah. not you know you have to be willing to yeah. look at it i mean you know, again I, I could i could just cut out that section and use that's like a, you know a, a pitch for favor because <laughs> the, the problem when you use say let's, let's say that you're standardized on 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 a, on a you know traditional enterprise tool and you know, you're just trying to do something new and it's going to be like, no, you have to follow this particular process, you know, and it's going to be very hard to change. Um, and, um, you know, in, in, you know, in, in February and you know, all of these things kind of, kind of, you know, coexist. Oh, by the way, I have, I have, I have two questions for you now. So, so I want to ask you about the film festival, but, but just before that, um, in, 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 you know, when John and I did a lot of these webinars in the summer, we actually got several times a question. I think it was from, uh, audience in in America say that like is it pronounced Favro or Favro? You know we we quite often say say you know Favro, and um, and I also like Favro, which is what often Americans say because it you know like your favorite tool you know sounds kind of good. Ah. I think that uh, a bit of the confusion is that um, if you look at how it's pronounced versus spelled, uh, you know if you say Favro, it sounds like you know like John Favro. Um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. ha, ha, you know, now it's with, with Mandalorian has, be, you know, got into like huge fame uh, and, and um, but, you know, he, he spells it a little bit different and, and I, 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 I can't swear on this, but I think, you know, his family name is originally Italian and I think the, the, the European way you pronounce it would actually be more like kind of, you know, Favreau, uh, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to swear on that, but, but anyways, um, but I have, I have this memory that didn't you work with him at some point in your career or did I get that wrong? Well, we, when I was at, when I was at LucasArts, mm-hmm. so in addition, one of the things we you know, talk about process, I think this is important because it makes a point of, you know, you talk about new process, old process. One of the main things, uh, shifts that took place that we did in, in the Star Wars Force Unleashed was actually um, do do some sharing and collaboration with Industrial Light Magic because ILM, you know, here that they were they were downstairs. You know, we were on this floor at the Presidio. Yeah. They were on that floor, and there was really no asset sharing going on. They had all these Star Wars assets, 
you know, so because but they're very heavy because they're for rendering, right? They're, yeah. more, they're but there was ways and the, the tech directors actually we, we kind of pushed it in a direction where they started uh, then taking models and it was more much more efficient to take mm -hmm. a really heavy model and reduce it. Then, you know, it's according to Canon. It's right. It's proper. It's going to pass George's inspection. Mm -hmm. um, and during that process, while we were doing that, they started making Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And that was being done mainly in Singapore, all the the uh, the animation, but that 3D product. So in that, he was involved with that project as well. Mm -hmm. So peripherally, yeah, 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 yeah. peripherally. And, and you know what I I, 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 you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of you know the Mandalorian, but I have to say that I was almost equally fascinated by the, the documentary that they produced. I think it was called Disney Gallery or something, Disney Gallery. Uh, where they basically made kind of like you know interviews, you know how it was made. And, and I was fascinated by how um, progressive, you know, he seems to be uh, in, you know, in pushing, you know, for that, um, you know, next level of, 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 of technology being used, you know, with, I think they call it, is it, it's not, it's not the boy. Actually, uh, I think we actually have people in the audience that probably knows this very well, but uh, <laughs> there you go. They, uh, they create this. Uh, they, they basically use uh, Unreal uh, to, yes. uh, to make, to make yeah. sure that you know the, the background. You know, they actually film stuff in real time. You know, it, it, yes. it's pretty amazing. It's like it, it, you know, the making the TV series almost like more similar to like a, a, a real time rendered game. You know, than, than traditional um, you know you know movie production. You know, it's, it's absolutely. Like, you know, and quite a bit of that tech, even yeah. that was that was used that was used in Star Wars Force Unleashed too, to a degree, yeah, yeah. where it was really wonderful. We'd go on a soundstage with a camera, and be in the scene. Yeah, basically, so you could walk through and you knew where the action was happening. So a lot of role playing and things went went through. To, you know, just on some of the challenges and things yeah. and levels. But and, yeah, no, it's a vi virtual yeah, that whole virtual production yeah. methodology. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, there seems, you know, you know, that, that whole, you know, the, the marriage of technology and process and, 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 and creative, uh, he just seems to be, uh, one of the, the, the people that truly gets that and, and absolutely yeah. this is something that holds you back, but sees the opportunity in how can this make us move forward, you know? And I mean, you can just look at the result. Mandalorian is awesome. So, you know, yeah. And I mean, I'm very enthusiastic about what's happening now with Starlink because, uh, you know, the SpaceX mm -hmm. and Starlink, because it means that we will be able to to truly, you know, do remote work from really everywhere in the world. You know, it's, it's right. going to Absolutely. be, I think it's going to change a lot of things, you know, a lot of things that are a bit of a pipe dream today. Uh, and it's like so close, but, but it's going to be reality. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Mark, you know, so much thanks for for being you know here this is a great conversation i hope we can have um you know maybe a bit of a follow-up conversation you know maybe in a few weeks on you know clubhouse or you know something like that Absolutely. um we, we could talk forever and i think that there's so many things we talked about that could be like a breakout session in itself yeah. um you know just this part here now around you know film festival we could we could do something you know, just around that because i think a lot of people will be quite interested because what you I mean, you know, you're a man of action, you know, it's like, you know, what you have done now and, and adopted very quickly to the, to the changed, you know, circumstances um, with, with, you know, you know, not, not, not that many, you know, people, uh, you know, are things that people have been, been, been struggling with. And um, yeah, you know, you're, 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 um, 
you're you're a one person army, you know, which is which is really cool. <laughs> well, you know what? Like I said, with this tool, you know, the collaboration is is simple. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the important thing, the really important thing for me is it it's 100 percent reflects the most efficient process, not the other. I don't have to alter my process for this for this tool. Yeah, this tool molds my and it, i'm constantly like i said i'll i'll fine tune something oh if i did if i automated this boom and i could do it real quick bam yeah, automate, yeah, yeah. don't have to worry about that anymore. yeah 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 awesome i hope you enjoyed that interview i certainly did if you want to elevate yourself as a modern leader and help your teams become even more successful then check out favor academy at favor.com they will find podcasts webinars, articles, all free or charge. Check it out.